As our Savior and Lord, Jesus takes on the role and responsibilities of the everlasting Father for us. This message is the fourth in the series, The Gifts of Christmas. The message is entitled, The Gift of Security. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. About 700 years before Christ was born, there was a prophet that was raised up by the name of Isaiah. And God moved on Isaiah the prophet by the Holy Spirit, and he began to see things in the future. He saw what was to come, and he saw lots of things relative to Messiah. And so he's known as the Messianic prophet because he, he prophesies, he foretells a lot of what will happen when Jesus comes. And in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, we find one of those prophecies, one of those foretellings of who Christ would be and what Christ would do for us. Let me read for you from the New International Version, Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. Perhaps you know them well this Christmas season. You perhaps see them, these words on Christmas cards, but let me read it for you. For to us, a child is born, and to us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal, the power, the energy, the passion of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Isaiah says there's going to be a child born to us and a son given to us. He's talking about a gift, a child born, a son given. He's prophesying about the coming birth of Messiah 700 years later. And when this gift of Jesus comes into our world, Isaiah says he will be known by various royal names. He will be called Wonderful Counselor and Mighty God and Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. That is, when you meet Jesus, when you get to know him, when Messiah comes in this package, in this person called Messiah, you will discover that he is indeed a wonderful counselor. He is the Mighty God. He is the Everlasting Father, and he is the Prince of Peace. As we've looked at this series together, we've talked about the fact that Jesus indeed is our wonderful counselor. Everyone needs a counselor. You need someone to help you process stuff in your life, and Jesus is the one that helps you process the issues of your life. He is the great counselor, the wonderful counselor. He is the mighty God, and last weekend I talked about the fact that Jesus, in fact, was the one who came as the mighty healer and the one who came as the mighty deliverer. He is the life-giving Savior. I want to talk tonight for a few moments about the next royal title that you find in the words of Isaiah. He is the everlasting father. What does this mean and what does it have to do with you and me? How does it relate to us in our lives? Everlasting father. What it means is this. Jesus came to bring us into relationship with the father. In fact, in John chapter 14, Jesus said these words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the father except by me. That is, Jesus came to be our way into a relationship with God as Father. And you and I can't know God as our Father apart from Jesus. A lot of folks will say that there are many ways to God. No, there are not many ways to God. There is one way to God, and his name is Jesus. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No, no person can get to God as Father apart from me. And so it's so vital that we understand who our Father is in relationship with Jesus. He is a gift that allows us to experience the Heavenly Father. I'm going to talk to you for a few moments about 
about this father that we have and give you four things that will help you to understand something about the great and wonderful everlasting father that you and I experience in Jesus Christ. First of all, he's a father who will never stop loving you. Every child craves the love of a father. The presence of a loving father in a home brings a, a lot of tremendous benefits to a child. We could talk about all the psychological aspects of how healthy children grow in the atmosphere of a loving father and how, how children oftentimes will suffer in the absence of that role in their life. That's why a father's role is so vital and so important spiritually, yes, but also psychologically and emotionally. These things have an impact upon people. And no matter what kind of human fathering you have had, whether it was good or, or bad, whatever you experience in your life. Some folks will experience a very good relationship with their human father, some not so good, some perhaps even an absent father and there's no, no one around to give them that influence. But no matter what your experience has been in the human realm, I'm here to remind you that in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior, when we come into relationship with Him, we're actually introduced to God as our Heavenly Father, and no one can and no one will ever love us like our Heavenly Father does. You can have the greatest earthly father in the world, but they can't love you like God loves you. God loves you with an eternal and everlasting kind of love. And his love is demonstrated to us in lots of different ways. He demonstrates his love by his availability to us. He is always accessible and always reachable. There's never a time that you can't have a conversation with your father, with your heavenly father. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 14, Jesus said these words, let the little children, that's us, we're children of God, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. In Matthew 28, verse 20, I'll read it for you in a moment. By setting it up for you, Jesus was preparing to go back to heaven. He had died on the cross and rose from the grave and he's about to ascend back to the right hand of God the Father. And he tells his disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And then he tells them to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then he says this, and teaching them, that is those who come to faith in Christ, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And then notice what he says, and surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Jesus said, I want you to know that I will always be available. Your Father is always available to you. He's always accepting of you. I'm glad to know that my Father accepts me. No matter what I do in life, I'm still accepted by the Father. I'm accepted because of his grace. I'm accepted because of his mercy. I'm accepted because of his love. As Jesus said in John 6, verse 37, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never, notice this, I will never drive away. One translation says, I will never turn away. Another translation says, I will never reject them. I'm glad that I'm secure in my relationship with my Father. I know that I am accepted by him. He's available to me. I'm accepted by him. And I'm so grateful that I have a Father who gives good gifts to me, aren't you? I want you to think about your life for a moment. Think about all the blessings that you have in your life right now. You might say, well, yeah, you know, pastor, I've got some problems. Well, you may have some problems, but you also have some blessings. And sometimes you have to stop for a moment and take a look and count your blessings and be aware of what God has done for you. And your blessings represent the generous giving of the Father. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from God given to you. And so there's a generous Father who gives you the things that you need in life. Jesus says it this way in Matthew 7, verse 11, if you then, talking to us, though you're evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your, what's the word there? Father in heaven, give good gifts to those who ask him. 
I'm glad that we have a father who is forgiving, aren't you? A father who knows how to forgive us for the mistakes that we make and the issues that come up in our life. He's a forgiving God. He's able to give us opportunities and, and chances to come back again when we failed him. There's a story in John chapter 8. I'll set the story up for you and then read a part of Jesus' words in just a moment. It's a story of a woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. Not just the idea that she committed adultery. She was caught in the very act of adultery. And the religious leaders grab her from her adulterous situation and they bring her into the presence of Jesus. And the emphasis there was they, they sort of threw her down in Jesus' presence and said, Jesus, what are you going to do with her? The law says stone her, kill her. She's guilty. What are you going to do? And the Bible says that Jesus knelt down on the ground and took his finger and began to write in the dust. We don't know what he wrote in the dust, but by the time he was finished writing, all those religious leaders who were accusing this lady were gone. They were no longer anywhere to be found. They had left. And now it's just Jesus and this adulterous woman on the, in the spotlight of the gospel account in John chapter 8. Jesus and the lady who's committed this sin, a lady who's been involved in this very terrible thing in life, the very thing that the religious leaders thought she deserved death for. And I want you to notice what Jesus does. He straightened up and he asked her. He gets up from the ground and he asks this lady, woman, where are they? Where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, he said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. That is a beautiful Savior, is it not? That is able to take us and pick us back up. And I'll talk more about that in just a moment. I'm glad that we have a father who is, who is serving to us. He shows us his love by, by serving us. You have a father that is taking care of you and serving the needs in your life. Jesus illustrated this in his own life as well. In John chapter 13, the night before he's going to be crucified, he's in a, in a meal with his disciples. We call it the Last Supper. And everybody's eating food, and, and, and there should have been someone that took time to wash the feet of everyone there, but no one was willing to serve. No one was willing to wash the feet of those disciples. And after supper, after dinner, they, Jesus rises from the table, and he, he takes off his outer garment. He girds himself with a towel, and Jesus begins to do something that had never been thought of by the disciples, or at least the disciples had not been willing to do. The Bible says in verse 5 of John 13, after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples feet, drying them with a the towel that was wrapped around him. He's a father that serves us faithfully, a father that is committed to us, a father that has sacrificed everything so we can have life. As Jesus said in John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, than he lay down his life for his friends. Jesus has introduced us to our everlasting father, our eternal father, our heavenly father, who never stops loving you. Aren't you glad for that? The second thing that I'll share with you this evening. In Jesus, we have a Father who always is willing to guide us. You know, in life, sometimes we, we don't know where we're going. You ever been in a place in life that you didn't really know what to do? It's like you're in a, a dead end. You had no idea what was the next step in your life. You just did not know what to do. What job do I take? What, what steps do I take? What, what is my next part of my life? What do I do next? I need some guidance. And the good news, we have a father who is willing to guide us. He shepherds us along and he teaches us the way to go. And he, he transfers to us his value system. He helps us to transition through life. As the psalmist said in Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me 
beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He is the guide for your life. He is a father who will guide you in your journey. Thirdly, he is a father who provides for us. He's a father that will never stop loving you. He's a father that will guide you, give you wisdom that you need for the decisions you're making in life. He's a father who provides everything that you need in life. You know, one of the roles of a father, a parent in a family is to provide for the kids. The kids don't provide for the, for the parents. The parents provide for the kids. That's the role and the responsibility of parents, to provide for, for children. And Jesus very clearly taught us that we could trust our Father for all the provision in our life. See, a lot of times we spend our energy concerned about our provision. Are we going to have enough? Are we going to make it? David said in Psalm 37, he said, I once was young and now I'm old. Anybody identify with that part? Right? Okay. I once was young, but now I'm old. Let me just sort of paraphrase it a little bit better so we can swallow it a bit, a bit better. I, I once was young, but now I'm older. How about that? Okay. I once was young, but now I'm older. And then he said this, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, and I've never seen his seed, that is the seed of the righteous, out begging bread. David said, I've watched people. I've watched my own life. I've watched the young, and I've watched the old, but I've never seen anybody that put God first begging for bread provision. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 6. Listen to the words of our Savior. So do not worry. So do not what? What do we spend a lot of our time doing? Worrying, right? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? All these provisional things. For the pagans, that, is, that, represent, that word represents people who don't know God. For those that don't know God, the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His, that's the Father's kingdom, and His, that's the Father's righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, Jesus comes back around again and says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own. We have a father who provides for us, a father who will never stop loving you. In Jesus, you have a father who will give you the wisdom that you need. You have a father that will provide for every need in your life. And the last point I'll share with you today is this. In Jesus, we have a father who is committed to protecting us. A good father will do everything they can to preserve and protect his children, even at the risk of his own life. He wants to make sure his flesh and blood are taken care of. I have a ritual at my house that I've been doing ever since I'm married, all through the, our kids growing up. I still do it to this day. Every night before I go to bed, there's something that I do. I go around and check all the doors and make sure they're locked. Anybody else with me on that? Okay. Nobody ever assigned, I never got a job description that said that, hey, by the way, before you go to bed, make sure you check the locks. I just instinctively go around and I check all the doors and all the locks because I want to make sure that the house is protected. I want to make sure that while we're sleeping and in the most vulnerable moment when we're, we're unconscious, we're not aware of what might happen, that I've done what I can do to make sure that our family is protected. And I want you to know that you have a father who knows how to lock the doors around you. 
You have a father that knows how to, how to protect you and how to, how to engulf you with his care and engulf you with his protection, with his preservation. He protects us in lots of different ways. He protects us when we're going through the difficult seasons of life. And sometimes you and I go through difficult moments, challenging moments, hurtful moments, very, very stressful moments, and he's able to get you through and protect you and keep you going. Some of you have gone through some really hard stuff in your life, but you're still here by the grace of God. Why? Because God got you through and you're, you're still standing by the grace of God because he protected you through that journey. There was a story that you find in the Bible related to the disciples and they're out on the Sea of Galilee one day in their boat. Actually, it's nighttime and as they're in this boat, Jesus is there in the boat with them. And note the story in Mark chapter four, leaving the crowd behind, they took him, Jesus, along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him in a furious squall. Everybody say trouble. That's what a furious squall. If you're in a boat, in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, and a furious squall, that's a bad storm, a really bad storm, came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, that's the back of the boat, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Have you ever prayed a prayer like that? Teacher, don't you care? Don't you know what's going on with us? I mean, we're about to drown here. And notice what happens. He got up and rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down. It was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? What I want you to see is in the most difficult moments of life, Jesus is preserving you and protecting you. Are you going through a tough time right now? Are you going through a storm right now in your life? You've got to remember that Jesus is right there with you. He is in your boat. He's in your boat with you. Sometimes we under, under, undergo evil attacks, things that come our way, that come from the very pit of hell that we have to deal with. And in, in those moments, we need to be aware that we have one who is greater living in us. The Bible says that he who is within us is greater than he that is in the world. He will protect you through evil attacks. Jesus prayed this prayer in John 17 as he's about to go to the cross. He prayed for us. My prayer is not that you take them, that's all of us, that you take them out of the world, but that you, what's the next word? Protect them from the evil one. Jesus praying to the Father, protect them from the evil one. Jesus even protects us in the personal failures of life. I talked about forgiveness a moment ago. Let me talk about these personal failures. You know, sometimes our greatest enemy in life is ourselves. Have you ever made a big mess of your life in some area? Come on, tell the truth. Okay. Do we have any perfect people in the room tonight? Stand up. We want to boo you if you're here, okay? Just to say that. Not a perfect person in this room tonight. Everybody has had personal failures in the journey. And sometimes you're walking along and something happens in your relationship with God and you just don't stay on track all the time. As the old songwriter said, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. We're prone to wander. We're sheep, okay? And one of the characteristics of sheep, are you ready for this? They're dumb, okay? They don't always stay close to the shepherd. And so all of us have times in life when we kind of get a little away from the shepherd and we, we make some failures, we make some mistakes with our life. And you need to understand that even in the midst of the failures of your own life, Jesus is able to protect you and bring you back. Peter learned this lesson multiple times. Let me give you one example in Peter's life. 
There was a time, again, that the disciples were on the Sea of Galilee, and, and, and they're, 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 they're in the boat there, and Jesus was not with them at this particular time, but he's, he's coming to them walking on the water. And so Jesus is walking across the water, and initially, they didn't even know it was Christ coming to them. And they look out, they think it's a ghost, but finally someone says, no, no, it's the Lord. And, and so Peter cries out, Lord, if that's you, invite me to come on the water. Pretty bold request, right? Let me come walking to you on the water, Jesus, if that's you. And and notice what happens now in in Matthew 14, verse 29. Come, he said, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. Everybody say miracle. Would you agree that's a miracle? I'm imagining no one here has walked on water before. Peter did because he was walking on the word, Jesus' invitation, come. And so he's walking and his eyes are on Jesus. He's watching Jesus every step of the way until something happened. Notice the next verse, verse 30. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Here's what I want you to see. Peter steps out of the boat. He begins to walk on the water. His eyes are on Jesus. But then some stuff starts happening around him, and he gets his eyes off of Jesus. Have you ever gotten your eyes off of Jesus? And as soon as we get our eyes off of Jesus, we begin to sink, right? And if it happened to Peter, dear ones, it can happen to you. And it does happen to you. It does happen to me. All throughout life, there are times that we get our eyes off of Jesus, we get our eyes on ourselves. get our eyes on our circumstances, get our eyes on our own needs, get our eyes on all kinds of things. And as soon as that occurs, you will always begin to sink. Now, Jesus is going to respond to Peter. Jesus could have responded to Peter in a number of different ways. He could have said, Peter, you got yourself into this mess. Get yourself out. I told you to walk. You got your eyes off of me. I'm done with you. I'm getting in the boat. I'll let you swim on back if you can make it. Okay. Jesus could have easily just left him right there and said, you made your bed. Some of you know that, right? You made your bed, now you lie in it. But I want you to know the difference here. Notice now what happens in verse 31. Immediately, now here he's beginning to sink. Why? Because he took his eyes off of Jesus. So he's beginning to sink, but immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Aren't you glad that Jesus can catch you when you're sinking? Amen? He's able to catch you and he's able to bring you back up. And the Bible says, you have little faith. He said, why did you doubt? And so he brings him back to a place of restoration in his life. This is the Jesus that we serve. What am I saying to you tonight? With this, we're going to conclude. I want to remind you, Isaiah saw it seven centuries before Jesus was born. And he said, unto us, a child is born. And unto us, a son is given. There's a gift given to you. And he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Jesus is the one that brings you into relationship with an everlasting father who will never stop loving you. He'll never stop loving you. He brings you into a relationship with an everlasting father who has all the wisdom that you will ever need for your life. He brings you into a relationship with the everlasting father who will provide for you everything that you have need of in your life. And he brings you into relationship with a heavenly father who knows how to protect and preserve you through whatever you will face in life. I'm so thankful for the fact that God 
sent his son into our world so we could know the everlasting father. Are you thankful as well? Would you bow your heads together with me as we pray? Father, we're so very grateful tonight for the reminder, Jesus, of what you've done for us by bringing us into relationship with the heavenly father. What an amazing thing to think about, to know that we actually have a father in heaven that will never stop loving us, that will always guide us, that knows how to provide everything that we need and knows how to preserve and protect us as we go on our journey day by day. And I pray that this truth, this reality would settle deeply into every heart and life tonight, that you would remind us how much we are loved by you, how secure we are in you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus, I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out and you become a new creation. All things pass away, all things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time. If you've prayed with a pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to church-redeemer.org slash a new you. We pray that this message was a blessing to you. 